You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm Karen Parkinson. And I'm Megan Winter. It takes more than a great product, a pretty website, and some social media to have a successful online store. But you've probably already figured that out. So after a decade each in the industry, we thought it was about time we shared our knowledge, experience, and wisdom with you so you can sell more on your online store. On today's episode, we are chatting to Lisa Wynn from Wynn Trademarks, all about how you can protect your brand, the difference between trademark and copyright, and all those little things you might not know about how to protect your brand online and offline. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's dive in. Okay, good morning, Lisa. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much. So I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. You are run Win Trademarks and you've recently helped us trademark Ecomic Nida, which is our signature course. And it was just such a great experience. And I'll talk a little bit later about a not so great experience I had trademarking my first business, but it was so great. And you were such a wealth of knowledge. I thought you could share with uh, our audience some things. So Our audience is everyone from brand new, just getting started with an e-commerce business to people who've been going for years. So when is it important to actually start thinking about protecting your brand? The earlier the possible, as early as you can, is the best time to at least start thinking about it. You may not want to go down the road of actually applying for a trademark that early, but it is good to at least think about it nice and early. In like an ideal world where we all have lots of money and we don't have to worry about a budget, then you would just apply as early as possible. Ideally, you want to, if you're trademarking your business name, for example, you might want to lock in that name, know that you've got it before you pay someone to design your logo for you and to build your website for you and do all that stuff because that all sort of flows from having your name so that's you know ideally what you might do but you know I work with a lot of small businesses and setting up a business is pretty expensive especially at the start with all those different costs that can come into it so it does tend to be a bit of a strategic decision around you know where the money needs to go and when is going to be the right time for that particular business So if you don't have the money to trademark, for instance, right at the beginning, it would still be important to make sure before you spend money on that logo and the website that you're not infringing anyone else's trademark. Absolutely. That is definitely number one. And people do get caught out occasionally with that. And the reason that sometimes people do get caught out is because they've thought they've done all the right things and that they've registered the business name with ASIC. Yep thought that, well, I've got the name, I'm okay to use it, and off they go and build their website and put in a heap of work. And then when they launch, they get the nasty letter from another business saying that they're infringing Hang on a sec. (laughs) (laughs) So that's devastating when that happens. So at least if they've thought about it nice and early on and, and done some checks on the IP Australia website, so that's definitely something that everyone should do. And actually, when you register a business name, you tick a box to say that you've checked IP Australia. And um, I reckon no one remembers ever ticking (laughs) that box. (laughs) 
So it's not I didn't very mean, I don't remember picking that box. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty bad at actually getting people to go and check, but it's an important step. We'll link up to the IP Australia test in the show notes. So people, if you are listening and thinking, oh, you'll be able to go and just do a quick check and make sure you're not impeding on anyone else's trademark. Yeah, and a little tip for that, when you go into the search on IP Australia, they have a quick search and then they have the more advanced search. The quick search is pretty much useless. Okay. So you really need to do the Always using advanced the advanced search. search. Yeah. Good if tip. you use the quick search and like if I type in Ecom Igniter Australia in the quick search, nothing will come up. Because uh, it's not exactly, it hasn't got the Australia on it. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. that is useless. <laughs> yeah, it's just completely useless. So, yeah, you definitely need to do the advanced search and you need to spend a little bit of time on it because you're looking for names that are similar, not just exact matches of the name. Yeah. So you might want to check different spellings and, and things like that just to make sure that there's nothing on there that, you know, that sounds similar or looks really similar or that, you know, you're sort of trying to find something where customers might get confused. Yeah, right. Yeah. So one place that I find people get confused is between copyright and trademark. So for us novices out there, can you explain what the difference is? Yeah, it is a big area where people get confused. So copyright is about protecting, I guess, creative things that people have have made. So it could be a written work, so something like a book or uh, a worksheet or even the words that are on your website would be counted as a, as a written work that would be protected by copyright. It protects artistic works, so, you know, drawings and paintings and anything that sort of fits into that kind of category. It covers videos and photos. Um, most business owners would get a little bit familiar with copyright when it comes to photos because you're trying to find photos for your website where you either have to yeah. pay a copyright licensing fee to be allowed to use it or you're trying to find photos that you don't have to pay for and you're definitely trying not to um, use somebody's photos that you're not allowed to use because you get in trouble for that. I found one of the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to content is just going, oh, I'll search for an image on Google, I'll grab that image and I'll post it to my social media. Yes, Ooh. yeah. The whole <laughs> idea of, well, if it's online, it's free to use is still going around. But, you know, copyright law doesn't distinguish between online and anything else. So if you're, you know stolen I guess a photo from online it's the yeah. same as taking it off somebody's wall and going hanging it on on your wall so copy copyright covers all those different kinds of things and most most businesses are creating content that's going to be protected by copyright because we're we're writing things or recording videos or maybe writing ebooks and all sorts of different things but with copyright you don't have to register it to get it protected you don't have to pay to get it protected so it's just automatic whoever puts it out there first yeah yeah that's right yeah so it does have to be in material form so it does have to be actually written down or so I can't just say hey I thought of that first <laughs> I just right. hadn't got around to writing the blog yet okay <laughs> exactly yeah it doesn't protect ideas unfortunately 
And the reason for that is, you know, if somebody's infringing it, you need to be able to actually compare what you've yeah. done with what, what they've done to actually see if it's been copied. And if it's all in your head, like you can't, you can't yeah, do that. That's good common sense. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody would be infringing your copyright if they copied a substantial part of your work. So say you've got a whole heap of words on your about page that you've spent a lot of time drafting and put a lot of effort into that. If somebody was to copy and paste all those words on your about page and put it on their website and maybe just change the name, then they've taken a substantial part of your material and that's going to be an infringement of your copyright. Copyright also lasts for a really long time. So it lasts for the life of the creator plus 70 years. So it's, yeah, lasts for a very long time. Um, I guess the downside with copyright is it is very easy for people to infringe your copyright because it's, you know, cut and paste or, as you say, take take an image that they found off the internet. So it can be a little bit tricky to enforce. And I guess at the end of the day, you need to have the money to actually, you know, take someone to court or something to fight it if they are infringing. Yeah, yeah. The easiest ways to take action are if somebody is putting it up on their social media. Say someone's taken a photo and put it on their social media, then all of those platforms have ways where you can lodge reports to say that it's been infringed. I remember on Australia Day there was this image going around and it was a kangaroo on a beach and quite a well-known photographer had taken it and posted it to his own Instagram said, Happy Australia Day. And then all of these people were posting that image for Australia Day, including celebrities and all these people. And I remember him coming out and saying, actually, nobody asked my permission to take that photo. Yes. And then this thing, I guess it's a big one with social media because people would take somebody else's Instagram, for instance, post it on their own and go reposted from such and such without actually asking any permission to do so. That's right. And I think that the you know Instagram in particular really confuses things a bit because it almost makes it acceptable to do that so long as you're crediting the so it's kind of like I've stolen their artwork I've put it up on my wall but underneath I've put stolen from Lisa's house <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it's okay because I gave you credit <laughs> I gave you credit so it's fine it doesn't matter that you know the original photographer might have charged you know ten thousand dollars for you to use it yeah. if you actually ask permission. But yeah, it does get a little bit confusing and a lot of people think that it's okay if they give credit, but it's always, always best to get permission from someone if you're going to be using any of their material like that. Yeah. So yeah. then to compare copyright with trademarks. So trademarks are about protecting something that serves as a badge of origin for your business. So it's something that helps um, customers to work out who they're buying from, you know, which business are they buying from. A trademark can protect anything that helps you to distinguish your business from other businesses. So I guess in the e-commerce space, that's logo, business name, yes. slogan maybe. That's right, yeah. The easy way to think about it is just anything that's sort of part of your brand is potentially something that can be. So if we thought of Nike, they've got Nike, they've got the tick and then they've also got Just Do It. Yes, that's right. 
Yep, yep. And Coca-Cola, they've got Coca-Cola, they've got Coke, they've got Enjoy, I'm pretty sure. They've got even the shape of their bottles. Oh, wow. And and the reason we know that that's, you know, they've been able to get the trademark for that shape is because most people recognise a Coke bottle just from the Mm. silhouette. Like we can see a silhouette and we know that that's Coke. So that shows that they've built such a reputation in that shape that it's something that they can potentially, well, they have trademarked that one. That's a good point there is that they've built that reputation first. So if they tried to trademark that bottle the first time they made it, would they have been successful then? No, no, they wouldn't have. So most trademarks that I'm doing for clients are things like business names and product names, service names, taglines, logos, the real obvious part of the brand. Yeah. The more unusual ones like shapes and you can even do smells. Tiffany did the Tiffany blue colour. That's right, colours, yep, yep. So another famous one, and maybe this is showing my biases, is Cadbury, the purple. Oh, yes, yes, the purple. I recognise a Cadbury packet a mile away, you know, because I know that purple. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they're really, really hard to get, those kinds of trademarks. And all those companies we're listing obviously have a lot of money uh, behind them. That's right. Yeah, and massive reputations as well that they're able to show that ordinary people recognise that purple colour and know that it's Capri. So we've kind of covered already my next question, which was around what sort of things can we trademark, but what can't be trademarked? So we can't trademark things like, like I do hear people say that I'm going to trademark my business. You know, you're not getting a trademark that's going to protect your whole business or it's not protecting your business idea or anything like that. You can't protect your product with a trademark. So again, you can kind of drill down, you might be able to protect like a an aspect of the packaging or maybe the shape of the product in some way. Like I've seen that the Lego, you know, the Lego minifigures. Yes. So that the shape of that has been trademarked. I see a lot of people breaching that with their fake Lego at the markets. And... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they, I guess it's, it can be a bit tricky. They're not actually trademarking the product. They're not trademarking the minifigure. They're trademarking the shape of, the shape of, it. of that. Yeah. So you can't protect your product. You can't say, I've you know created a really unique product. I'm going to get a trademark for it. You can't trademark an idea. Um, so that's where things like sort of patents come in instead? Well, even then, a patent usually protects the way that a product works. So right, okay. it's still not an idea. It's a very specific way that the product works. So say I've invented a new type of folding chair, then I might be able to get a patent for the folding mechanism if it's a brand new kind of folding mechanism that's never been done before then I could potentially get a patent for that and so the patent would have all these details of exactly how this folding mechanism works like really getting right into the details yeah so patent attorneys who do that kind of work they're often have a science or engineering background 
because that's really what most of the work for them is actually understanding how all these things work. That's the big part of it. And then the legal part just kind of goes with that. Taking that all off. Yeah. So what about things like, I remember one of our programs is called Ecom Foundations and we couldn't trademark that because the words are a little bit too generic? Yeah, that's right. So with a trademark, what it actually gives you is exclusive rights to use that mark for whatever kinds of products or services are listed on your on your trademark. So you're getting the, you know, the exclusive rights to use that name. And if the name is a name that maybe other people might need to use, other businesses that are selling the same kind of product or service, if they're going to need to use that to describe what it is that they're selling, then IP Australia, when they're assessing your application, will say that it's not fair, basically, for you to have the exclusive rights to it. So that example of yours, like it's not a really obvious one that, you know, jumps out as being something that's going to be hard to trademark. A more obvious one might be if I'm trying to trademark the phrase trademark attorney. Like that yes, clearly right. would not Lots be fair. Other people need to say that. Or real estate agents. Or exactly. Lisa, yeah, yeah, okay. Sydney plumber. You know, they're really, really obvious examples. But it's a, a test that IP Australia sort of, really think very broadly about. So they would look at e-com foundations and sort of look at whether, you know, what does e-com mean? What does foundations mean? You know, that they really get into it sometimes. And sometimes they make some very bizarre decisions, I must <laughs> say. It's not, it can be quite subjective how they... comes down to humans at the end, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, that's right. It comes down to humans. Yeah. So that catches a lot of people out, that one, because a lot of people choose business names that they might have picked it for SEO reasons and they might think, oh, this is going to be a great name. Everyone's searching for that phrase. I'm going to come up and it's going to be great. But, of course, if everyone's searching for that phrase, it means that it's a phrase that... Other people are using it. That's right. So very hard to trademark. So if somebody is just starting out and maybe they haven't quite finalised their business name yet... What would you recommend to help them protect their brand in the future? Well, choosing a name that is unique and is really going to set them apart from other businesses definitely does help with being able to get a trademark whenever they choose to do that. Again, I think it's it's a bit of making an informed choice. Like there's nothing wrong with choosing a more descriptive name you know, there are advantages to that from that SEO point of view or just from customers knowing what it is that you're selling. Yeah, I, think I guess it's just to point out, you don't have to trademark your business name. No, no, that's right. I think it's just a matter of weighing up and realising that you're kind of going to choose one or the other. Or if you choose to a name that is more descriptive, it's going to be much, much harder for you to be able to protect it. And even if you can eventually get the trademark for it, it might it might be harder to enforce as well because if you know that there are other people out there using that phrase and, you know, people are going to keep popping up all the time using that phrase, it can be mm. this ongoing thing of having to try and enforce it. So I remember Kleenex almost losing their trademark. Yeah. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so what can happen, because the trademark is meant to distinguish your business from other businesses, when a brand gets, I guess, too big, too popular, so what happened with Kleenex was that instead of calling them, you know, paper tissues or tissues or whatever they, I think they use different names in different countries, but people were just starting to call them Kleenex. Kleenex. Have you got a Kleenex? Go yeah. get a Kleenex. My nose is running. I need a Kleenex. And it didn't matter what brand it was. It often wasn't Kleenex. It was that it was becoming a generic descriptive word for. Yeah, I've seen this recently too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been quite a few businesses that have lost their trademarks over the years. And you'll see now a lot of businesses working really hard to make sure that doesn't happen. Somebody has tried to argue, it actually went to court in America, they tried to argue that Google had become a generic phrase. Because you just Google it. Yeah, just Google it. Yeah, exactly. And so Google now work really, really hard to make sure that people aren't using the word Google in that way. Yeah, so like search for it via Google, not just Google it. That's right, yeah. You know, if they're mentioned in articles and things like that, like I think Google have all these rules around how you are allowed to use the Google name. So they're fighting really hard to make sure that Google doesn't become generic. Another one I've seen, oh gosh, now I can't think of what it's called. Esky would be another one. Like Esky yeah. became kind of the generic name for ice coolers in Australia. That's right. Yep, yep. And I think Jacuzzi, they lost their trademark a long oh, time see, ago. I never would have known that that was a brand. I always thought Jacuzzi was just, <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I'm trying to think of the, um, oh, Velcro. Oh, Velcro. Velcro wow. I, they really, Velcro are on to all the people on Etsy and those kinds of platforms making sure that they're not using velcro in there what is the generic name for velcro like a hook and eye oh wow something like that or uh, <laughs> there is yeah it's maybe not that but it's something like that like yeah. there is a descriptive thing and so they're going in and making people update their descriptions to make sure that they're not using velcro and actually the reason i remember velcro is they made a really cool video explaining why they're, oh. you know, because people are like, oh, Velcro's picking on everybody. And they made a really good video explaining why they're doing why? it. It's really yeah. just to protect I've their I've seen trademark. a couple of times like a big double page spread in the newspaper of a brand saying, you know, we are not this, we are, you know, this is our brand. And, I, and every time I see that, I'm like, oh, yeah. it's like Kleenex. So they've just got to like put it out there so that they can prove that they tried to get rid of that confusion, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I think Kleenex actually caused it a bit themselves because their ads (laughs) they had ads going where they were like pass me the kleenex you know that kind of thing so i think brands are much more conscious about it now and much more careful about it yeah so my first business was a a discount card for tourists in tasmania and it was called mortaz for less And I was young and naive and had no idea what I was doing and had a huge big business loan courtesy of my mum's divorce settlement. And I got talked into using this big agency to do trademarks. And they sat me down and they're like, oh, yes, we better trademark your name. We better trademark your logo. We've got to trademark your slogan. Oh, and I had like these little pigs that were like mascots. So like, we'll trade them too. So $10,000 later, 
And I think they got two of them approved. Two of them were never going to get approved, but they obviously made me do the applications anyway. And then I got stung a year later because they renewed the applications without asking me for more money. And it was just such a horrible experience. I remember thinking, I'm never trademarking anything ever again. I hate trademarks. Like, this is a terrible thing. (laughs) Yes. And then years later, we're over 10 years later now, I saw you recommended in a business group that I'm in and I thought, oh, look, we really do need to get some things maybe trademarked. Everyone was, you were highly recommended. So I thought, oh, okay, fine. I'll get over my fear of trademark attorneys <laughs> and I will book a call. And I must say it was the complete opposite experience. He was so lovely and just so knowledgeable. And even to the point of saying, no, no, I don't think you should trademark this because I don't think it would get approved. This one, yes, we could. Have. And I remember just thinking, this is such a different experience because you're not just trying to grab my money and trademark everything when there's no chance it's ever going to get approved. So if you are out there listening and thinking that you might need a bit of help, even just discussing what you could or couldn't trademark in your business, I can highly recommend that you jump on board and have a call with Lisa. Now, where can people find you? My website is the best place to go. It's wintrademarks.com.au and there's some info on there. There's some articles. There's also a check sheet that people can look at where they're trying to work out what are the sorts of things you might want to think about in deciding if it's the right time to get a trademark. And people can also book in for a chat on my website as well. Excellent. So we'll uh, link that up in the show notes as well. But otherwise, it's wintrademarks, W-I-N, trademarks.com.au. So do jump on and have a chat with Lisa if you're sort of up to that stage and thinking that it might be time to trademark things. But thank you so much for joining me today, Lisa. That's been, I know uh, I've learned some new things. I hope everyone listening has as well, but it's certainly something that people should be thinking at from the very beginning stages of their business. And if you are starting to grow, definitely time to sort of start thinking about protecting your brand, you know, by trademarking some of those elements. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. It's been good fun. Excellent. We'll chat to you soon. Bye. Bye. If you're looking to sell more on your online store, you might like to check out Ecom Igniter, our online training program. Find out more at ecomigniter.com and be sure to join the waitlist to access our special early bird offer.